Welcome to Life City. You can be seated. I want to get right into this today. I want you to remember, um, again, um, if you didn't get any of these Easter cards um, that were outside, grab them. Um, invite somebody. I feel like I've been buying coffee all week trying to give cards to people behind me, but to God be the glory. Whatever it takes to get people to get an encounter with Jesus, that's what we want to do. Can we say amen? Amen. amen. So we're talking about this, this message, What About Me? Um, this series, What About Me? We're going to close that out today, um, and I'm excited for what I believe God will do um, in this place today. Brother John, come up here. Before we get into this, come up here. I want to I show you something that I hope, um, if I do this right, uh, we won't ever forget. If I do it wrong, we won't ever forget it either. But uh, I want you to take this, this nickel, and I just want you to hold it in your hand as tight as you can. And put your other hand behind your back. I mean, grip that thing really tight. Um, because I want you to understand our, our life. Um, and I figure sometimes we need to understand this. And, and sometimes a picture paints a better word for us than just me talking. In his hand, he's holding a nickel. And that nickel represents um, his hopes, his dreams, his desires, his, all, all that he, in his mind and in his heart, wants to accomplish in this world. Um, and he's holding that thing tight. He's got a picture of it. He's let that thing ruminate and marinate in his heart. And he's holding on to that thing. Nothing's going to get to it. Nothing's going to stop him. Nothing's going to keep him from doing everything that God wants him to do or that he believed that God wants him to do. But here we have what God actually wants him to do. <laughs> and what happens is He's holding his dreams, his desires in his hands. And so if I just toss this to him, he proved my point. In order for him to receive what God has for him, he has to let something go. He can't hold on to his own finite, small mindset. I don't mean that disrespectfully. And receive. You can sit down now. Thank you. He can. Y'all give Brother John a hand. He can't hold on to what he perceives is the way to go and receive what God's way is. Because the Bible tells us his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways. What? Higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than ours. So how many of you know, for us to really walk in everything that God has for us, there's some things that we have to let go. And I'm talking today about the bigger life. Won't be up long today. I say that every week, but I really won't be up long today. Uh, the bigger life, because I believe that as you're inviting people, even for next week for Easter, God wants to bring them to a place that's bigger than what they've seen before. And I'm not talking about materially, but he wants to bring us to a bigger place in our hearts and a bigger place in our minds, but that's going to require for us to believe, watch this, that God has a bigger life for us than what we're living right now. Is there an amen in the house? I don't know about you, but I just believe that things can be better than they are right now. How many of you got some things in your life, man, that I wish this was going a little bit differently or a little bit better? I believe there's more. Say there's more. Say it with authority. There's more. There's more. As long as we believe that this is it, we'll tolerate that. Come on. So here's what the bigger life really starts with. It really understands that, that in Hebrews 5, 12, uh, verse 12, this is what it starts with. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, 
You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But watch this. Solid food is for who? The mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. How many of you know there's some things that God wants us to practice in order to have a better life than we have right now? So sometimes, you know, we want to get on the team and just be right in the game, but that doesn't work. We've got to go to what first? Practice. And so you got to think of everything that you go through, everything that we're dealing with in our life, even when we come together as a family on Sunday. We're coming together to worship, but we're coming together to also practice. <laughs> Say practice. God's goal is always growth. His goal in every area of our life is never decline, it's never decrease, it's always growth. But the problem with some of us sometimes is we feel like God's subtraction is actually subtraction. If God subtracts from you, it's actually addition. Because he's taken something from you that's keeping you from having the capacity to hold what he has for you. Are y'all with me this morning? I just, I want to fill you with hope that what you are in right now, what you're seeing right now is not it. It's not it. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say, this isn't it. This isn't where it stops me. This isn't where it ends for me. But God has taken me further in my walk with him. His goal is always growth. But we must develop a growth mindset (laughs) in every area of our lives. So we've got to remove things from our mindset like that's good enough. What's the big deal? Come on. Because some of these things that we're saying, what's the big deal about, are actually keeping us from all that God really has for us. We must develop a growth mindset in an area of, area, of, area of our lives. So we can't be afraid to say, God, I want your increase. We can't be afraid to say, God, everything that you actually have for me, I want it. But we also got to be able to say, God, if I don't want to see it, if you didn't send it. Hmm. Because, because, some, because some of us, our problem is, is we are receiving things, but they didn't come from where they should have came from. God is not the only one that sends things into your life. You also have an adversary, an enemy, and he also sends things into your life. But that first verse that we said, by practice, we are able to discern the difference between good and evil, right and wrong. So we have to practice discernment so that we don't receive everything that comes our way. You know, used to, um, in the past, when something um, came from the post office, but it wasn't addressed to your house, you'd send it back, or you, they had a little stamp that said, return to sender. And sometimes you got to do that with the enemy. you got to stamp some stuff that he sent to your life and say, nope, it's, you got to go back where you came from. It's not coming in my house. It's not coming in my life. It's not coming in my mind, because I am a child of the king. Say amen. The enemy's plan is decrease. You need to understand this. When you see stuff, that's this, it's just decrease, 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 decrease. That's not always God. And so you got to say, if my joy is decreasing, if my peace is decreasing, if my happiness and my gladness in him is decreasing, that's not coming from God. So if God, my prayer to you is if you didn't send it, I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with nothing you have anything to do with. And our problem is that sometimes we get satisfied because the enemy makes things look attractive. You ever been there where something looked good but it wasn't good? <laughs> you know, y'all know 
We got kids in here, but some of y'all know some things that look good. Everything that, that's wrapped right is not right. There's sometimes you got to sit there and investigate that thing a little bit and say, no, nah, that's not good for me. Kind of like chocolate and candy. Some of it tastes good, but after a while it makes you sick. Different message. Finish. Man, was February relationship goals? Okay, all right. I'll do that. John 10.10. 10. The thief comes not but for to what? Steal. Help me preach. And to kill and to what? Destroy. Stop right there. Whenever you have like those colons and or a but in scripture, it cancels out everything before it. I'm going to help you with something because we focus on that part right there, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But how many of you know God has a different plan for you? Here's what he says, but I've come. So it doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do in your life because Jesus showed up. There's some people next week that are going to find out that Jesus showed up. And when Jesus shows up, everything changes. I've come that they may have what? Life and that they might have it how? More abundantly. So God does not merely just want you to exist. You've been in those seasons in your life existing, going through the motions, doing what I'm supposed to do, but there's no life in it. And you got to say, Lord, I need you to breathe on this. Give me life again. Put life into what I'm doing. Put purpose into what I'm doing. Put understanding and increase into what I'm doing. Because he came did not just give it to you. Some translations say till it overflows. How many of you know if it overflows, you can't keep it to yourself? That means when something is overflowing in your life, with just being next to you, I'll be blessed. So I'm not just going to exist, but no, but Brother John's got something on his life. I got to just be around him. You ever had people with contagious peace, contagious joy? You see them going through just all hell they're going through, but they still somehow they have peace. And faith in the midst of the storm. You see, those are the kind of people I want to be around. Because when you grow up in your faith, you just don't want what a person has materially, but you, got, you, want, you want the substance behind that. So I, when I ask people questions, I'm not, I don't want just what you have, but I want the substance. I want the why behind it. Come on. See, some of us, our problem is we're satisfied with the material. We're satisfied with the nickel that he was holding. When God is trying to give us the bigger life. But to receive, there's some things we have to do. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and slander, like newborn babes, what? Long for the pure milk of the word of God, so that by it you may grow in respect to your salvation. So how do we grow? We grow through word. We grow through what we're doing right now, coming together as a community, coming together as a family, fellowshipping, praying for each other, and receiving what God says for our life. That's how we grow. God desires for us to grow, but we need both milk and meat. How many of you know if you give a baby a steak, they'll choke on it? So we got to have something. We got to have milk. We got to have something that lays the foundation for our spiritual digestive system so that we can receive some of the deeper things. Somebody, some people will say to me, why don't you preach more deep? And sometimes I want to say back to them, why don't you receive the milk first? Let, let, let's get the milk right first. Because if we get the milk right first, the steak won't choke you and you'll understand it. They say, well, teach me how to do this. Well, how, 
How about we learn how to love each other first? Let's just get, let's just, how, teach me how to love others. How about we, we learn how to love God first? Because then we'll know how to love others and learn how to love ourselves. See, we, 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 we have a tendency in human nature. We want to get to the finish line. But he's got to teach us something right where we are. Underdeveloped faith hold us back from living the life we desire. So, so many of us, we're not stuck because of these huge things, but we get stuck simply because our faith is underdeveloped. How many of you know the cake won't be right till it goes in the oven? You put all that work mixing it together. Some of y'all lick the bowl. Do people still make cakes? Okay. You know, you know how you, you get the thing around the bowl and you, you ever did that as a kid? I used to do it all the time. Me and my sister would fight over it. She punched me in the eye once. <laughs> I cried. My point is this. Even though that batter tastes good, it doesn't taste better than the cake when it's fully prepared. But sometimes it has to go through the heat of the oven first to get, get it to the place where it needs to be. Underdeveloped faith holds us back from living the life we desire. Why don't we grow up in our faith? What is it that actually keeps us stuck? Well, one, I've said at the beginning, we don't know the big picture of what God is doing. We get stuck because we don't know the big picture. And so we get focused on that little thing, that little annoyance in our life. How many of you have one of those? Those lingering things that don't seem to ever change or go away. Those things that don't seem to ever be different. They're not ever going to be there. They're just lingering things. Little annoyances. That mosquito you can't get out of your car. Come on. That moth that seems to sneak its way in the house but won't. You know, you ever had that? And you're chasing that thing all over the place. Some of us have issues in our life. We're chasing those all over the place the same way. And, and, and our chasing those little things is causing us to miss the big picture of what God is doing. I know I'm not jumping and screaming today, but I just want to help us a little bit. We often desire faith without a cost. But this is what Jesus said in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, say anyone, wishes to come after me, what's the first thing we got to do? He said he must deny himself. So we're in a world that tells us come and get fulfilled, right? But Jesus says come and deny. Then he says, then you can take up your cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life to hold on to the nickel will lose it. So you're going to lose it either way, Brother John. You're going to lose it voluntarily by giving it up for something greater. Or you're going to lose it pursuing your own desires. But whoever loses his life, he loses the nickel for my sake, will find real life. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he gives up his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So what good would it be if I get everything I want in this life and get to the finish line? Let me paint the picture better. What if I run the race, right? Imagine yourself on a track, running the race as hard as you can. Get to the finish line and find out you were running the wrong race. Go through the ribbon, they hand you the trophy, but you just received the trophy for running a race that didn't, you didn't belong in. That's what he's talking about. So there are no shortcuts in the realm of faith. You can't cheat and have a bigger life. Can't cheat. Jesus offers a bigger life, but we have to live it his way to receive it. Constant struggle in our life between your way, God, and my way. 
My way will only produce temporary peace. It'll give me what I want in the moment. How many of you know sometimes you can trade the lasting for the temporary? You can trade the eternal for relief right now. See, what I found as a pastor, let me help you. Let me pastor you and don't take this because since y'all raised your hand and said I don't contemn you. Y'all remember when y'all did that? He asked. I'm not going to contemn you, but let me help you with something. We can get so focused on what we want in the moment that it costs us a lifetime. I'll leave that. We'll come back to that. We have a tendency to try out faith instead of training in faith. We're talking about the bigger life today. We actually have to train. Well, praying just doesn't come naturally to me. You got to train. For some of us, talking to other people doesn't come naturally, but we got to practice that too. (laughs) How many of you ever came into contact with somebody, be honest, and be like, it would be better to deal with you if we just didn't have to talk? (laughs) Y'all can laugh in church. It's okay. Someone is sitting next to you, so you can't laugh. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing, for real. We have a tendency to try out faith instead of training in faith. The question becomes, why would we believe that we can follow Jesus by trying instead of training when it doesn't work in any other area of our life? It didn't work. We call it on our team, we got to be all in. Because you got to be all into everything that God wants you to do. You can't just be kind of, look, I'm just going to try you out and see what happens. There's no faith required in that. But when you jump in, I was telling somebody this story when I was, uh, I had swimming lessons. They got to the end and I had to put, you ever had swimming lessons, anybody in here? Did you have one of those rubber caps that they put on your head? I did, that was old in the 80s, so they put the little rubber cap on you. I, I don't know what it was for, I didn't have any hair. But. And so we got to the end of it and it was time to jump off the diving board in the deep end. Most of the training was in the shallow end where I was comfortable. But when it got to the end, when it got time to graduate from what they called it at that time to move up from a guppy (laughs) to something else, and so they say, no, you got to jump off this diving board. And I'm like, I'm not jumping off this diving board. And they said, well, somebody is going to be right where my brother Brett is. Somebody's going to be right there to catch you. Just jump. We're not going to let you drown. God is saying the same thing to some of y'all. It's time for you to jump. He's not going to let you drown. Some of us need to jump in our serving. We need to jump in our giving. We need to jump in our loving. We need to jump in our forgiving. And you're saying, I won't do it. But my instructor did what God does to us sometimes. She said, all right, I'll tell you what. Just go, just go stand on the edge. Somebody trying to tell me I need to stop preaching. <laughs> um, that's Sean. He put me on a timer today. Um, So she said, get on the edge, right about where I'm standing right here. And she said, just stand there. Just get comfortable on the edge. And that's, that's where some of us are in our lives right now. We're comfortable on the edge. We're comfortable on the edge of what God has to do. Because there we can say on the, you know what we can say? This is what we say on the edge. I know God is getting ready to. I know he's going to. I know he will. He's getting ready to do something. My, My breakthrough is on the way. My breakthrough is on the way. All of that we can say on the edge. But there comes a point when my instructor came up behind me 
And you all know where this is going. <laughs> right after I got comfortable on the edge, she came up behind me and she said, And you know what happened? I didn't drown because the person in the pool caught me. And I want to encourage you today because you're right on the edge and God is telling you, jump. Jump. Go ahead. Take the step and forgive. Take the step and love. Take the step and stop being so tight. Start giving. Take the step and just encourage somebody. Take the step. All of that. But he loves you so much that even when you fight him, he won't push you as hard as she pushed me. (laughs) Yeah, it was a she. (laughs) But she just said, all right. God says, all right, I need you to go to the next level. You've been here too long. He's talking like I'm preaching, but he's talking to some of y'all right now. And he's telling you, you have been doing it your way too long. It's time to jump out. I'll catch you. I'm your father. I love you. I'll catch you. I just need you. Have the faith to jump. You've been raised on the message of faith. And have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there. And you will be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise what? Daily in God. Got to do this every day. It's not just a Sunday thing. We got to do this every day. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Everybody can't look like Brother John. Or me. No, I'm just kidding. Make you a fit, uh, far so, making you fit both for today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves, remember what I told you, thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. See, you got to go so far in God that you can't go back. You, you, you got to go so far in God that it scares you. And this is what he'll do. He did it with the children of Israel. I'm going to bring you out. You're not in yet, but you can't go back. The frustrating place. I I brought you just far enough out that you can't go back. I can't go back to that. Even when you you think, oh, it was better over there. It wasn't better over there. It was better over there. It was better when I used to. No, it wasn't. Stop lying to yourself. It wasn't better. Some of y'all like Pastor, it was. No, it wasn't. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. Expecting to develop a grown-up faith without working for it is like hoping to run a marathon without training. We've talked about it. We neglect to engage our whole selves in the process. Listen, the bigger life it requires, the grown-up faith requires the involvement of the whole person, all of us. And what I found is some of us are giving God part of ourselves. And calling that worship. But he wants to say everything. He wants everything. Somebody say, what? You say, Pastor, what is it that God actually asked for? What does he want from me? What, what is it that God wants from me? Here's my answer to you. Everything. He, he wants all of you. You give up. Listen, here's the reality. Most pastors won't say this. Serving God, you'd give up more than you ever imagined but you'll get more than you ever imagined. 
that it takes some of us a while to catch it. The total person, the mind, the heart, and the will has to be involved in this. The mind requires big biblical knowledge to grow up. Um, the heart requires intimacy to grow up. See, and the heart requires spiritual intimacy to grow up. So spiritual maturity comes not merely from knowing God or knowing about God, but from experiencing God with intimacy that has both emotion and affection. Many of us have been content with information, right? I know a lot. I know about God. God did this. God did that. But the question is, what is he doing in me? Intimacy. The will requires holy obedience to grow up. Okay, I love God. I know about God. But do I follow him and obey him? See, he wants all of us. Grown-up faith requires action. It requires action. And the problem is we get stuck because we elevate one area of faith and neglect others. You ever did that? I'm just one who likes to go in hard and worship. You worship, but you don't obey. I'm one who likes to worship and obey, but then you don't, you don't read your Bible so he can teach you something. Well, see, we got to have all of these things going together. So how does this look? How does this look? when we, we, we elevate one area over the other. We end up in what's called intellectualism. We have biblical knowledge that should say without spiritual intimacy and holy obedience. You see people like that. They, they just know a lot. Well, they, they, this is what they do. They'll listen to your message and say, that wasn't Abraham, it was Moses. <laughs> intellectualism. But they don't have a relationship with God. They just know a lot. Then you have people who get into emotionalism. So we have intimacy, but we don't have knowledge and obedience. How does that look? I just want to soak in the presence of God all day and not deal with anyone. Man, I have those days, trust me. I really don't. Maybe, maybe it's better for me to just worship God that day. But we got to have all of these. Got to have all of them together. The great risk is that we chase spiritual highs with this. Here's what happens. We chase highs rather than devotion. We chase highs. The great risk is that we chase spiritual highs rather than emotion. I think we need to change that slide. Um, there we go. <laughs> so when we're in emotionalism, that's what happens. So it's just like someone who's on drugs is looking for their next hit. They come to church for the same thing, just to get their spiritual high again. But then by Tuesday, you been there? We all been there. I'm not judging anybody. We just, we've all been there. And then we have legalism, obedience without knowledge and intimacy. So they just do all the right things, but they don't actually have a relationship with God. They just, it's all about doing. The bigger life God desires requires for us to Grow up. Say grow up. Say so you got to grow up to go up. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. This is what it says. No prolonged infancies among us. You know what that really means? Don't stay a baby too long. will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. This is why God wants us to grow up. Watch this. He wants us to grow up so that we're not easily deceived. 
He wants us to grow up so that we don't receive every lie that the enemy tries to throw our way. You know what those lies sound like? You're not going to make it. They're never going to change. It's always going to be this way. You failed for the last time. You've gone too far this time. My question to you is if you've gone too far and you're past God's ability to work in your life, why are you still here right now? If you have breath, you have purpose. If you have life, God's plan is still for you to come out on top. Say, I'm coming out on top. Y'all believe it? Let's say it again like we believe it. Say, I'm coming out on top. I'm winning. I'm not losing. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. My storehouse is blessed. My fields are blessed. My home is blessed. My family is blessed. Decrease is over. Increase begins. Sickness leave. Poverty go. Low self-esteem go. I am who God says I am. I can do what he called me to do. I'll never be the same. Another day in my life, my winning season starts now. I'm walking in favor. I'm walking in authority. Stand up. We're going to wrap this up. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It won't be long with this. You hear? And you've never made a decision. Nobody's going to embarrass you. But if you're here, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. That's the first thing. It's the first thing. That's you. Just slip your hand up quickly just so I know who you are and we can pray for you. In other words, you've never said, uh, you've never made that commitment to walk this life with the Lord. If that's you, slip your hand up. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Second category, I did make a decision to follow Jesus, but I haven't really been all in. I just kind of been going through the motions and Lord I don't I don't even know what being all in looks like but I'll try and figure it out and trust you to help me but I want to recommit my life to you today if that's you slip your hand up I pray with you amen God bless you I see you see you amen I'm gonna pray for you in this So you're here and you've been saying for a long time, you've been saying, I know there's more for me. I know God has more for me. He has more of a plan for my life than this place that I'm in right now. That's, that's the, it means different things to different people. But 
you're here and you say, I know there is more. There's been t- God's been tugging on my heart. I don't understand all of this. I don't understand even everything you said, Pastor, but I just know there's more than what I'm experiencing right now. If that's you, put your hand in the air. I want to agree with you in prayer. There's no, no shame, no condemnation here. We just need to go. Amen. I see you, see you, see you. I see you. Last thing, and then we're going to pray. Physical and mental sickness. You're dealing with a physical ailment or a mental, emotional sickness. Hands um, up. Don't, don't. This is, nobody's looking around. It's just you and God. We want to just agree. Amen. One. Bless you. See See you all. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now. We lift those before you who said they need to just recommit and go all in with you. Lord, give them the strength, give them the courage to walk this race, run this race with joy. Oh, God, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. He'll interrupt you. Let's just be real in this church. You're in here, and you've come in, but you've lost your joy. Lost that happiness and passion that you once had. I want you to lift your hands up high because we're going to get this thing today. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to wait because there's more. This is not going to be a church where we can't be real. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for all of those who are struggling in this area of joy. They've just lost their joy. Enemy has robbed them of their joy and their gladness. First of all, we ask that you move everything that would block the free flow of your anointing and joy in their lives. And I ask that you would release Release, 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 release a flood of joy in their minds, in their hearts, knowing that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. We remove the anxiety that has robbed the joy, the worry that has robbed the joy, the fear that has robbed the joy, the anger that has robbed the joy, the bitterness that has robbed the joy, and fill them with your joy today. That joy that's not temporary, but permanent and lasting. Fill it with them. Give them fresh eyes today to see as you see, to hear as you hear. Break up the fallow ground of our hearts so that we can receive what you have for us today. Put us on the plan that you have for our lives. We come against emotional and physical sickness right now. I command it this day to go, to change, to reverse. Lord, I speak divine health into the lives of your people. And we know that when your word is spoken over a situation, it immediately goes to work. Even if we don't see the immediate results, it immediately goes to work. So I speak healing in this place. I speak freedom in this place. I speak deliverance in this place today. Let floods and showers of blessing come in this place today. Lord, let this day mark us that we know that we know, that we know, that we know that we've been changed for eternity. We've been marked for eternity. Give us glimpses now of our destiny and our purpose for our lives. And I command every shackle, every single one of them. Hmm. Devil, you're a liar. When you lie, you speak from your own nature. So I command you to silence yourself. That your people, that God's people can receive your word. You said we shall know the truth. The truth is to set us free. So I speak that truth over these people today. 
that they're new creatures in Christ. The old things have passed away. Every reminder of their past failure, mistake, whatever, that does not come from you, God. So I send it back to the pits of hell where it came from. And that we walk this day in the newness of life, in the freshness of your spirit, and in the peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. You're here and you need to forgive somebody that it's hard to forgive. The Lord wants you to know to just make the decision and let him do the rest. You're not responsible for mending or fixing the whole thing. But you make a decision in your heart to just forgive. And he'll take care of the rest. That forgiveness, I'm, I'm going to leave this, but I need to say this because somebody needs to hear that. Your choice to forgive is not about them, it's about you. The freedom you've been fighting for is in the freedom of letting go what they did to you. That doesn't make it right, but it's going to put you in the right path. <laughs> Last thing, I believe. <laughs> You're here and you've been struggling with a spirit of fear. Like crippling, it, it's okay, crippling, debilitating fear to the point that you can see things that, that you want to do and that God wants you to do, but your fear keeps you from doing it. Quickly put your hand up and put it now. All right. Father, your word says that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound and stable mind. So we speak that over your people today, the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of a stable and sober mind. This day, their life begins over again. That fresh start. You, 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 some of you have been here, and you, you're in here listening to me, and, I'm, and you, like I was listening to this word, I was hearing this word, and I just couldn't help but asking God to help me start over again, to just give me a fresh start. God is saying to you, I'm answering your prayer right now. You're getting a fresh start today. It's up to you what you go do with it, but I'm giving it to you. Not because you've earned it, but because I love you. Come on and give God praise all over the room. Pray you've been blessed today. Um, if you're staying for next steps, we'll be right out across the hall. Our team will be out um, to, to just talk to you and relate to you and hang out with you for a little bit. You can expect them to be out there till about 11.25 or so. Um, after that, they'll probably start breaking some things down. But meet somebody you haven't met yet. Get to know somebody. Hug somebody. If they don't want you hugging them, give them a high five. Shake their hand. But meet, meet somebody. Get to know somebody. And I'll see you in the Next Steps room if you're doing Next Steps in about 10 minutes. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your people as they go. Let them walk with your protection, your provision, and your purpose, and your favor on their lives throughout their week. In Jesus' name, y'all have a great week. Amen. <laughs>